Welcome to another episode of the Off Balance 3. I'm Aaron Hodges, and over there, that's Jeff Young. What's up, Jeff? Hey, what's going on? Hey, buddy, what's going on? I'm chilling, man. How you feeling? <laughs> Aaron, Jeff sounds chiller than you even when you're drinking whiskey. That's how chill Jeff is. He's got, like, internal <laughs> chill magic that we just do not possess. <laughs> Trying to match his chill, but uh, I guess I gotta jump in the freezer before I do that. This guy. It's <laughs> <laughs> unbelievable. How you doing, Brian? Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, yeah, I got a little red wine going here. I was to uh, close the show out at Acme, the Monday show. So, getting ready fun. for your week of headlining. Yeah, the big week. It is this week. It is upon us. So, anybody listening to Minnesota, come to that. <laughs> yeah, I think we got That's like my big pitch. I think we got like two listeners in Minnesota. I'm not really sure. Well, we're gonna have a lot more after next week. <laughs> That's probably true. Getting on the train. <laughs> <laughs> what do you call your train? You got a name for um, it? Actually, uh, uh, I, I call it the Brian Miller experience. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's kind of like it's kind of like one of those log flumes, like in a shitty amusement park. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like, uh, like it, it takes it's like a really long, and it's over really quick, and you just get your shit wet. <laughs> Always been a big fan of the lazy river at water parks, so I think I'm gonna enjoy the Brian Miller experience. Or as Jeff knows, it the nervous river. <laughs> No river could be as chill as Jeff. Jeff's like, this river needs to chill. All these currents pushing you along. Can't we just float at this brewery? Why don't we move along? This river is so to rock. Sounds kind of crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the Olympics are over, so... Thank Christ. Yeah, how are you guys uh, managing day-to-day through this process? (laughs) Just watching old high school track meet video to come down from the excitement of the Olympics. You were a hurdler, weren't you? I could see you with those short shorts just barely clearing their hurdles. No, you know, I, uh, I'm a runner. I, I do long distance running pretty well. Yeah. But I can't jump I can't jump over anything. I just the Olympics that it just dominates the sporting news. It's like you don't bleach a report to see what's going on. It's all this metal count crap and it's like, oh god, it's the worst. It makes me yearn for sweet baseball news. Oh, <laughs> Jeff, what do you got for him? Baseball news. Uh, teams are still playing the game. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be really exciting down the stretch. Uh, you know, I do have I, I do have one baseball thing that I could tell you that was kind of exciting. Um, there was an actual uh, couple of guys in, the, in on the Oakland A's got into a fight with each other in the locker room. No way. That was pretty mm-hmm. exciting. Yeah, yeah. Bunch of Oakland A-holes. <laughs> I don't know. I have nothing against the Oakland Athletics. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, I mean, they they they're terrible, but um, but I love them anyway. Um, but yeah, a couple of guys got into got into it, and uh, it got uh, actually one of the guys got a concussion from it. Wow. He's, yeah, he's been put on the disabled list. He he's 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 got to go through the concussion protocol and everything. But uh, yeah, it was kind of crazy. I guess they were kind of. Uh, I guess so one of them had like an endorsement deal and the other guy, when the endorsement rep was there, the other guy called him out and said, Hey, you're not wearing those cleats. And, uh, you know, he kind of snitched on him to the endorsement, uh, to the Ugh, manufacturer. Rep. Yeah. Yeah. And it got, it got bad from there. So I guess, uh, I guess they got fined and, uh, and, uh, they had to, the, the, my favorite part of it was actually, they had to move, they had to move the guy's, to a different locker so that they were on opposite sides of the locker room. So it was kind of very, uh, 
It was very high school. Yeah, very childish. Very, yeah, yeah. It's not exactly professionalism. Uh, That that falls exactly in the middle of the Swaggy P basketball incident and the Geno Smith, IK, and Kampala, you know, like in terms of good reasons to get mad. It's like he didn't out you to your girlfriend, but he outed you to your endorsement rep. But then it wasn't like a $600 plane ticket. At least it was something like the Geno Smith thing was so hilariously trite. I think we should crowbar uh, some Nick Young news into every episode just to hear you say <laughs> Swaggy P. Yeah. <laughs> I, I listen to the hip-hop song. I listen to a lot of POS. <laughs> I love that. Uh, so Yeah, see, people, people do not expect me to be a hip-hop guy, so sometimes they get in my car and they're like, what? <laughs> Are you keeping up with the uh, the Frank Ocean album and all that news i'm not a huge frank ocean guy no me either but i did listen to uh the andre 3000 verse that everyone's going crazy about Ooh, now that i haven't heard i love andre yeah you should check that out uh people are saying he's calling out drake so it could get electric around here he's too good to call it drake come on andre you're too good for that it's subliminal so it might not be just about right. drake but uh well i think drake sucks so that's fine yeah <laughs> yeah 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 everybody's coming for drake right now he's at the top of the game and um there was there is there was, any is there any letter in hip-hop that has more power than the k that separates dre from drake like, nobody's farther from Dre than Drake, but there's just that K standing between them. <laughs> I think when I go back and, and listen, I'm going to edit that one out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm making salient observations here. Because <laughs> they're not even spelled the same way. And that was, no, I that know was that. like, that was like worse. I know, but phonetically. You're saying it loud. I, I know, I know. But. That was about as bad as my uh, def- deflator joke last week with, with the weight and the balls. It wasn't a joke. That was an observation. No. There's a difference. Come on. Come on. You weren't even trying to be funny? Of, no. Can you think of one letter that has more significance? It's kind of like uh, – I have another uh, good uh, letter. Oh, I have another good letter. Uh, I'll get back. Yeah, okay, fine. Edit this out until I think <laughs> You win. I'll probably just leave this in now. No. Yeah, now that it's humiliating. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ooh, no, no. The greatest, the, uh, the greatest letter that makes a big change is uh, the T that separates Pantera from Panera. Oh. <laughs> Nothing's go. farther from Pantera than Panera. Yeah. Totally it's totally ridiculous. Big T. Big T. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's also a big T. <laughs> yeah. But it's huh. not spelled the same. Dre is D R E. Yeah, I know, but I'm saying it's phonetically. No, it's it's it's, a, it's, a, it's what it's what in poetry they would call an approximate rhyme, or, or near near being a homophone and artistic license, perhaps. <laughs> I should let it slide. No. I don't know why I'm so uh, hung up on it. Yes, and Aaron. Yes, and you got to right. go. Yes, and yeah. I really want to go to a Panera and hear Pantera. <laughs> that's like a that's like a full solar eclipse. That does not happen very often, you know. You it'd, gotta, be, it'd be awesome. You could be a cowboy from hell, Jeff. <laughs> I well, saw. You know. um, uh, what's the lead singer of Panera? Uh, <laughs> lead singer of Panera. <laughs> the lead singer of Pantera. I want to say uh, Phil. 
Phil Anselmo. I saw Phil Anselmo's yeah. side project live with my uh, my Pantera obsessed roommate in college. Oh, I yeah. I stuck out like way more of a sore thumb at that show than I would at, when I was at the Dead Prez show. Oh yeah, I went to a Dead Prez show one time and yeah, not that comfortable. No, it wasn't comfortable. I was like, oh, I just realized all their lyrics are about not liking me. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much, yeah. Great show, though. Those guys are the fucking best. Yeah, they are pretty good. Uh, what's the weirdest concert you went to, Jeff, where you felt like you didn't belong? Um, man, I, you know, I, most of the shows I've been to haven't really been that crazy. I guess... I guess, um, you know, way back in the day, I went to like, I guess I went to see Duran Duran way back in oh. the day. And that was kind of weird because I was I was pretty much a headbanger. But this girl I was going out with was really into top 40 type stuff. I'm actually glad I saw them. They were really they were very good. But it was just I, I felt like like looking around. I'm like, man, there's all these people. I mean, we, everybody had big hair, but the, the headbangers had big hair in a different way, you know? Yeah. So it was like it just was I felt like I don't these are not my people. But it was cool. It was just it was just weird. I don't I don't think I felt uncomfortable with it more than just like, yeah, why who are these people? They were gonna like mug you and put more money in your wallet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. it was, it was, you know, the only I think the only time I've ever felt fear at a concert was um was I did actually it was in Oakland at the Oakland Coliseum, home of the A's. Uh, it was the they have every year they have the day on the green, which is a, a massive music festival. Um, and they have. I'm on the green every day. Too much Dre for me. And they, uh, and this was like about, I think it was, I think it was like 1990 or 91. <laughs> and uh, let's see, there were four bands. Anyway, the first three bands played. There were really it was like uh, Faith No More, Soundgarden, Queensrÿche, and then Metallica hmm. comes on, and we're out on the green. And everything's going well, but Metallica being from the Bay Area, they come out and all of a sudden there's like, uh, you know, a mosh pit like a mile wide. And I'm with these uh, two young women and I'm just like, we got to get out of here. <laughs> we just made a beeline for the seats. I'm like, we're, we're not staying down here for this. <laughs> no, that's smart. That's good. That's good. If you know your weight class, you're like, nah, this is not going to work out. Uh, yeah, when I see guys that are like six six three hundred and they're throwing guys around, I'm like, yeah, yeah, no way, really my scene. <laughs> hey, I'm drawing a blank here, and for some reason, um, confusing Duran Duran with Tears for Fears. It's a lateral move. It, it's pretty. I know it's pretty close, but what's Duran Duran's biggest hit? So oh. Tears for Fears actually is a little bit more rocking, but um, Tears for Fears really? is like everybody went. Everybody yeah, wants yeah, to they, rule the world. It's Tears for Fears. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Talking like the Wolf. Uh, Rio. Oh, Rio. Yeah, Rio. Yeah. Um, uh, girls on film. Right, uh, right, right. Come Undone in the 90s later on. Very nice. Yeah. Very nice song. Super popular uh, right around the same time that Meatloaf had, uh, what was that Meatloaf? Anything for Love. Ooh. Yeah. Those two videos were on it just constantly. Yeah. Hmm. Oh man, Duran Duran, by the way, or as their cross-eyed fans know them, Duran 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 Duran. <laughs> Good stuff. <laughs> so what else Red is going? Kicking in. <laughs> yeah, what else is going on in baseball, Jeff? Well, who's gonna? Um, who's the the favorite to win the World Series right now in your eyes? Um. Well, you got the Cubs in the National League, which is really bizarre, but they're they're just. 
they're playing great. Um, they're not as hot as they were at the beginning of the season, but they're still they're just too strong. Um, they're going to be awfully tough. And in the American League, actually, it's it's really weird this year because you got the Cubs in the National League and you got the Indians. The Cleveland Indians are playing really well. In fact, they're they're uh, they're in Oakland playing the A's right now. It'll be a bloodbath, but. Uh, but yeah, those it, it would be really interesting to see those two teams in the World Series. Well, it'd be crazy if the Indians won because, right? Because you know, Cleveland hasn't won a title in forever, and then all of a sudden, right, they get uh, they get the basketball title, and the idea that the Indians would win would be nuts. And of course, nothing would be crazier than the Cubs winning. I mean, don't you think the Cubs winning will be the most? Whenever they do, that will be the most cathartic victory nationally that any team will ever have. Quite possibly. When did I mean, they, there's no bigger story, is there? When did they win again? 1902 um, or something like that? It was like, I think it was 06, but yeah, it's like oh. a long, long time ago. I mean, they've been a continuous franchise since then, too. I mean, there's, they're, they're one of the oldest sports franchises. So then the fact that they haven't won one in all that time, is, I mean, it really is um, whatever the opposite of winning the Powerball is. That's what the Cubs are. <laughs> it's pretty incredible. And they have a and real for, shot this year. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Would you say they're the favorite? Um, probably. I mean, it, I would think they, they're they'd be yeah. close to it. I, I don't. I can't think of a team that I'd put ahead of them. I. I mean, the Nationals were playing well earlier, but they've they've had some injury problems. Um, you know, the Giants and the, the Giants have the track record. That they, I mean, they've been there so often lately, and if they just get on a roll, they could be dangerous. But I think. You know, talent-wise, up and down the lineup, all throughout the pitching staff, I think the Cubs are the best team in the National League, for sure. Do they have any players that are really likable, some really outgoing personalities? Um, man, I don't know how outgoing some of those guys are, but I, um, you know, I'm a big fan of Chris Bryant, their third baseman, who actually went to my university, so. What do you like about him? Mostly that he went to my alma mater, <laughs> but it's no, it's a really big deal for us because like we haven't really had that many. We, there haven't been any big name baseball players coming out of our um, out of our program, so he was. It's it's really exciting, and he's a, and he's a really great player. Where did, um, where did you go? Uh, University of San Diego. Oh okay. Yeah, it's a it's just a little Catholic school here up on the hill, not too far from where I live now, but. Uh, and uh, you know they haven't had a whole lot of guys come out of that uh, out of that program. Uh, there's been a handful before then, but t- just to give you an example, he's been in the league uh, a little less than two years now, and he already has the all-time uh, record for home runs from anybody from our school. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I mean he's he's a big power hitter. So he's a guy who hits. I think he hit like 27 last year, and he's close to 30 now this year. So he's he's a he's a big middle of the order kind of guy, but. Uh, it's. I think mostly with him. I think it's just a. It's you know. It's a, it's one of those weird pride things that I don't really have any right to feel because like what did I do? I just happened to go to the same school. But it's. It's still. It's awesome. I'm very excited. Well, the Cubs are actually, despite my general lack of enthusiasm for baseball, the team I've rooted for the longest. I've been a Cubs fan cool. since I was really small, and cool. uh, I. I mean, really, I love Wrigley Field. Like I lived nearby there, and I used to go and get cheap tickets when I was in college. You could get for the first two months. You could get tickets in the in the top, you know, uh, top level for like twelve dollars. I would just do my homework up there. It's like you're gonna be doing homework. You might as well be sitting at the ball game, watching the ball game. You know, hanging out. Absolutely. I just, just love that venue. It, it just it just felt. I mean, it sounds cliche, but it really was just like stepping into history. 
And it was just something about sitting in those seats, just like Fenway's the same way. You walk in and it's like a time warp. Yeah, it's it's true. I, I went to Wrigley finally about four or five years ago. And uh, yeah, it was, you, you do, you sort of like, yeah, yeah, okay, history, history. And I'm kind of a history guy anyway, but I'm still kind of thinking, well, this is all, you know, I've seen it on TV. Okay, fine. And then you get in there and it's like, oh, okay. That's that's what this is all about. It's uh, It does it's take indeed. you to a different place. It's the little stuff, like at Fenway and Wrigley both. It's like the little dings and the nicks and the brick and the, the erosion on the plastic of the seats. It's like stuff that only can happen with yeah, you know, decades and decades of wear in the yeah, best been, possible way. Yeah, yeah. It's been lived in. Totally. It's like the best, most comfortable pair of jeans that you own, where you're like, uh, every part of this is blown yeah. out exactly where it needs to be, and it's just perfect. It's just like, I just love being there. And, uh, and also, I think I mentioned on the podcast, you know, I was part of the great, shameful Steve Bartman riot crowd. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, still still not, uh, probably one of the lower three moments of my life in terms of uh, shameful, would not want people to see that on video. Well, I mean, when you, when you, when you say you were part of the crowd, to what extent? What are you talking about? Me and my friend Jenny Camden, um, she was the she was the founding editor of a newspaper that I would later take over in college. But for a little brief time, we lived in Chicago together, and she was a lawyer, very successful lawyer. And we would go to all the Cubs games together during that great playoff run. And we would go to the bar. We try to go to the stadium. A lot of times, we go to a bar near the stadium, and we were at the bar, like a block from Wrigley, this little tiny out of the way bar. And we've been there all night drinking old styles and watching the game. And then you know the barber thing happened, and then we just got our dander up. And then, you know, she kind of followed my lead because I was, I was up. And so we just charged out into the streets and people were looking for him and people were just chanting his name and just circling around and just being scary. And I was just one of the jerks. Just, Where is it? If we find that guy, man, oh, if we find that guy. Wow. Oh, yeah. Just, it was just like, I mean, I don't, I would never actually hit the guy. And I don't think most people would have either. But like people definitely wanted to berate him and maybe throw some beers on him. Like that would have happened for sure. <laughs> what did they it do? Was just, it, it was mob mentality. You know? It was it was crazy. Yeah. What did they do with him? Did he get escorted out of the stadium? Oh, they brought him. They as soon as they realized things were going south, they escorted before the game was over. They're like, "You got to get out of here," and they hustled him down into the tunnels. And so then he didn't know how mad people were because they they kept him down and then they like, drove him away from the stadium or whatever. And so I don't think he realized how bad it was until he got home. And he was like, "Uh oh." <laughs> and then one of the Chicago papers, I think it was the Sun Times, published his address, oh his home address, goodness. which was like one of the most classless mo- moves of all time. Classic Chicago asshole move. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> See, I think this this that's the kind of example that's interesting to me to kind of analyze and think about what that would be like if we were in today's day and age with the, all the vitriol and on Facebook and Twitter and all that stuff. The stuff that's instant. I wonder what it would have been like for that case, because I feel like back then we didn't have all that, so like the anger has a chance to stew even longer and build up, and it becomes even a, an even bigger deal. Will it? Whereas now, you pretty much just get it all out, and it's done in a day. You're right. Twitter is kind of a catharsis as much as it encourages people to stir up their worst impulses. Like I do think people maybe get a little bit of anger out that way. Hmm. But then it's extra scary when you're the result or when you're the on the receiving end of like a momentary have you ever been have you ever gotten like serious Twitter hate? Like I, I do a 
I'm not I important a, enough. <laughs> I do a, uh, I do a, like a weekly spot on a conservative talk radio show, and uh, I'm not conservative, but I, I do the spot. They're good guys, and and uh, every now and then I, I stand up for the when I'm standing up for the left, uh, I'll get some real crazy Trump fan stuff. I mean, like I've literally had to look up words people called me because I was like I've never heard this slang term. Wow. For you know, the, like like weird right wing code and stuff like that. It's yeah. Like, it's, it, it gets even like obviously it's not most of the listeners. Most of the people are, are great, but you know sometimes the fringe people come after me. And it's it's weird, so I can't imagine to feel that on a scale of like a million. <laughs> I I know I, that's why I totally understand when people just quit, they just get off it, and and you know it's just not fun anymore. But uh, oh I yeah people you know when people say like you should just log off or you whatever just ignore it. It's like I've never even had a sliver of what like Leslie Jones would have gotten. But it's really weird to just be like, literally like making some spaghetti at home for your wife and then like just check your phone and then just someone just like talks about, uh, you know, you, you know, weird white supremacist stuff, you know, or like death ready stuff. And you're like, wow, I'm making wow. spaghetti. <laughs> so <laughs> like, I'm just this person and I'm in this calm environment. I'm making my spaghetti and then, whoa, hate just like jumps out of your phone. It's, I, I can't even imagine it. I, and I, I tell you what, I bet you every single athlete we like gets that. Everything. I'm sure. Yeah. And especially yeah, no doubt. the craziest, I, th- I think, are the the people with the the fantasy repercussions. Like, if like what, <laughs> what, what do you think you're accomplishing by letting an athlete know he sucks because he didn't catch a touchdown pass or something? Like, that that is very strange to me. But Have you ever heard uh, – that's what uh, Doug Stanhope has just a brilliant bit about it. But he talks about sports as catharsis and, like, the reason that we love athletes is that we essentially um, – we pay them for the privilege of putting all of our uh, personal anxiety onto them and projecting it so we don't have to feel it. So, like, all these terrible things <laughs> happen to you throughout the week and then a guy drops a ball and you just get to focus all that buildup of rage. Just, oh, he yeah. dropped the ball, yep. you know? It's like that's like that's why they deserve the money they get because they absorb all of like our national anxiety. It's true. I think it's basically that's not me, that's Doug Stanhope, I think he is spot on. <laughs> <laughs> we had uh we had Doug up as a guest uh at Sirius XM probably about 2 3 months ago. And he was doing my show right after Howard Stern, and um, he was already drunk on Howard's show and continued <sighs> drinking heavy amounts of whiskey with his manager and his girlfriend, Bingo, in Oh, I've Bingo a few times, yeah. <laughs> and he was just wasted while he was on our show. It was <laughs> it was a pretty great moment. Doug Stanhope recline in our, our dorm room office and just <laughs> shoot the shit. It was definitely one of my more memorable moments. But I bet he was really funny, right? He, he was. was he was. Like I say, he doesn't like he doesn't get blotto to the point where he's not good. You know, like I've seen him get pretty drunk on stage, but he was just fantastic every time I've ever seen him. He's amazing. Yo, know, Lewis Lee at Acme often cites, if you ask Lewis, what's the best show you've ever seen in your own club? He said that a long time ago when they were both first coming up, because he liked him, he had Stan Hope and Mitch Hedberg do a co-headline. Oh, dude, that's awesome. Wow. So that was just like an MC, and then you got 40, 40 minutes of Doug Stan Hope and 40 minutes of Mitch Hedberg. Like a perfect, weird blend. <laughs> yeah, Doug was actually 
quoting Mitch when he was up to hit. He was the, the one joke that Mitch has where he goes, I don't have a girlfriend, but I got a girl that'd be really upset if she heard me <laughs> say heard that. You say that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that joke is always reminds me of that one in the Bill Hicks, the great Bill Hicks joke of, uh, I've been doing comedy, I'm on the road, it's very difficult, and it is going to take a very special lady for me. Or a thousand regular ones. <laughs> <laughs> That's like Carlin. We could just do. We could go back and forth. The Carlin joke. Well, I never fucked a ten, but one night I fucked five twos. <laughs> <laughs> or you know that reminds me of the great Willie Nelson. Uh, the Willie Nelson song. Went to bed at two of the ten and woke up at ten of the two. I never been to bed with an ugly woman, but I woke up with a few. <laughs> I don't know that song, man. What song? That's uh, really, but the funny thing is, Willie Nelson singing that. And you're like, literally, every woman who's ever slept with Willie Nelson woke up and had two thoughts. The first thought is, oh my God, who's that ugly dude? The second thought was, Jesus, that's Willie Nelson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just a legend. If you could smoke weed with anybody, he's got to be in your top five, right? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I I spent a smidge of time with Dave Chappelle. I'm not going to implicate anything that I did in, in that moment. <laughs> hmm. But man, that demands some speculation. Uh, Mr. Cooper from uh, Hanging with Mr. Cooper, the sure. old uh, sitcom. Oh yeah, I I have yeah. I, I think there's something about doing something illegal with a sitcom star. <laughs> Like a family sitcom star. I think I'm at like five family sitcom stars. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, that is fun people. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. That's, but that's always weird where you're like, I've seen you be the most PG person in the world. Mm-hmm. Bob Saget would be a great example yeah. of that. Yeah. <sighs> Are you watching BoJack Horseman at all? It's too much mm-hmm. for me. The pathos part of it, it cuts a little deep. Oh, yeah. It's a good show. I it just is, like God. It makes me. Dep- it makes me more depressed, and it makes me laugh. It is very dark. Yeah, but uh, yeah. I mean, it's obviously loosely based on a Bob Saget like character from uh, <laughs> from Full House. But yeah, have you seen it, Jeff? No, I haven't. I've heard good things, but yeah. I haven't seen. Oh, it. it's extremely well written. It's very funny. It's just like it just kind of drains me. I'm like, God, I feel terrible at the end of it. Yeah, it's true. It's way deeper than you would think it should be. But uh, I like I like it for like the little nuggets in it. The weird like animal jokes and stuff like that. The oh, the subtle ones. Funny. Yeah. Yeah, it's very, very funny sometimes. Yeah, yeah it's good stuff. <laughs> Should we jump into all ball or flag and frow? Yes. All yep. right. I'll kick it off in the Olympic spirit. We're watching uh I watched the gold medal game for the men's basketball. Go USA. Shout out to you for winning the gold. If they did anything but win the gold, wouldn't we just be furious? Oh yeah, it's obviously a letdown. They gotta win the gold, man. I mean, even more than all the other guys, like any other sport, we, we just assume the basketball team is going to win every time, right? I mean, what are they? Have they not? No, in 2004, they won bronze. That's right. And that was a, that was a big deal. Like, people were pissed. Because everybody thinks of the U.S. basketball team as the dream team because that was such a big deal. Remember the, the, with the original Dream Team? Yeah, sure. I mean, when they put that together, when they let them start using pros, which was a big controversy that no one talks about anymore, by the way. Remember when that was a huge deal? Mm-hmm. Yep. But they, they let them start using pros. And, I mean, I was a, I was the perfect age for that. Like, every single thing I saw for, like, a year had the Dream Team printed on it somewhere. Yeah, it's true. I still have an old T-shirt. 
Yeah, with all of them standing in line, those posters. I mean, that's where, if you think about it, that's where that Pro Stars bullcrap came from. You know, it was essentially like Dream Team marketing. They just kept moving. They played a couple really tight games. They played Serbia in the gold medal game, and they played them in the uh, pool play. Mm-hmm. And they only beat Serbia by three points. And no then, kidding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then wow. uh, Australia played them real tight, too. And then then I think there was one other one that was really really tight as well. So, there's, I mean, they won every game, but there were a few that were in doubt until the, the final minutes. So, But, yeah, a win is a win. So tell so tell me is it is it that Serbia say has a fair number of NBA players to re- also represent it or is it Serbia has a particularly good like national program? I have no idea because the only guy that I sort of does Vladi Divac still play? <laughs> <laughs> they they did show him in the in the crowd. And I love Vladi. I know somebody. I I wish I could give proper credit, but this is just sticking in my head. I can't remember who said it, but it's like somebody tweeted out something like Vladi Divac looks like he's constantly on the verge of telling his wife that he owes uh, millions of dollars to some Greek gangsters. <laughs> uh, uh, so I thought that was funny. But yeah, they won the gold. And But th- what I want to get at here for all ball, flag, and foul is before that game began, I read that uh, Jimmy Butler of the Chicago Bulls, he was out there saying that he could be a better wide receiver than some of the game's best. Let me read the quote to you. He told ESPN that I really love the game of football. I think I'm really good at it. I could probably take Demarius Thomas's spot or Antonio Brown's spot, Butler said with a smile. I told them they're lucky I'm playing in the Olympics or I'd be getting a franchise tag with one of their organizations. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. No, you don't want to get a franchise tag, by the way. That is actually not a sign of great respect. I, I disagree. No, franchise tag means we think you're really good, but we don't think you'll be really good in a year. Franchise tag is what you put on a 29-year-old running back. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I disagree. I think it's just kind of a, a holding pattern until they get a long-term deal. Those guys always wind up leaving the team at the end of that anymore. I mean, uh, Von Miller got the tag. And yeah. He got, he got a really big contract. I, think I don't know. I'm waiting for the Vikings to franchise tag Peterson and be like, all right. <laughs> <We're done." laughs> that's looming, I think. But uh, that's a ridiculous statement. I'm just going to – you didn't ask the question yet, but I'm just going to answer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, let me, let me be uh, – all right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Do the you know what? Sorry, do the quote. No, no, no. It's, it's fine. The quote's over. You're right. Uh, I will pose the question. Uh, for this statement, is there any validity to it? Do you, do you believe them? All ball or flag or foul? No, it's a total flag or foul. No, I'll give him this. The set with a smile. Hey, you know, he's maybe he's throwing a little shade. He's having a little fun. That's funny. I, I'm fine with that. That's cool. But the idea that you would be better than Antonio Brown when no one in the NFL at that position is better than Antonio Brown is pretty ridiculous. I mean, that's like saying that's like if Michael Jordan would have been like, yeah, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go and. Uh, I'm, I'm going to become a pitcher, and I'm just going to be better than Randy Johnson. It'll be it'll take me 20 minutes. That's ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, I don't know that ah, – I don't think – there's a reason you've never seen basketball players cross over into football. I think the level of, of the brutality of it would be a real shock to the system. Not that basketball is not intense. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think of any basketball players that have – I think we've seen the opposite of football players coming up to basketball, but I can't think of any – 
basketball players becoming football players. I'm sure no, it happens, you know, But can you, I mean, there, there's a certain mental thing that is required, especially for a receiver, of, of, of having to go like, I'm willing to jump up and catch this ball, and the whole time I'm catching this ball, I'm knowing that someone is going to knock the shit out of me. Oh, yeah. One half of one second after that. I don't know. I don't know that that's a mental toughness thing that's necessarily replicable in a lot of other sports. Honestly, I think if it's, if all things are equal as far as le- athleticism, and you could play, you can play basketball about as good as you can play football. You're gonna choose basketball. You unless, should totally choose basketball unless, unless they course. they won't have you, and then you're you gonna might make play so much more money in basketball, and you're gonna be able to play longer, and you're gonna retire with a much happier, healthier person. Absolutely, you definitely choose basketball. So maybe maybe Jimmy is just you know he's smart and he's protecting his body, but he knows deep down inside that he could be the best wide receiver in the game. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Jeff? You buying it? Nah, flagrant foul. It's a, it's a fun thing to say, but you know we've talked about it before. Uh, guys at that level, you know, just just trying to move into a totally different sport without having all the reps behind it. Uh, you know, he could probably be pretty good at it, certainly relative to most people in the world. But uh, but when you're talking about the elite uh, football players of the world, uh, no, I don't see it happening. All right. Well, I think he can, and it's based on one possession from the gold medal game. <laughs> I was watch, I was watching the game, and as soon as he got the, he got in, I was like, "All right, let me watch him and try to imagine him moving around like a wide receiver." And as soon as he got in the game, on the first possession, this guy got three offensive rebounds on the same. Like he was a ball hawk. The ball was in the air, <laughs> bouncing off of the rim, and he found it. He beat everyone to the spot and tapped it out three times in a row. Now, that's, I know that says that was some pretty shitty shooting, <laughs> but I'm looking at the positive. The guy's a ball hawk. I think he could be better than at least Demarius Thomas, maybe not Antonio. But uh, I say all ball, Jimmy. I'm a believer. Right. So I have a secondary question for Jeff. So, Jeff, do you think – because we're talking about, you're, I think you're totally right. It's it's the experience you've had at higher levels and the reps. So like if you have yeah. a guy who plays college football and college baseball and you go to football, maybe you could have done the other or vice versa, right? So right. I was thinking of Russell Wilson. Do you think if Russell Wilson would have focused on baseball instead of football, do you think he could have been a good to great baseball player? Um, you know, I, I don't I haven't seen any kind of scouting reports on him or anything, but it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, a lot of guys, you know, John Elway was drafted by the Yankees back in the day and actually played in the minor leagues for a little mm-hmm. while yeah. and was, was very highly regarded and people thought he could have done things. Um, you go back further, you had Dave Winfield that was drafted in three different sports, baseball, football, and basketball. Um, I, I, I'm thinking of other guys, football and... Well, famously, of course, Bo and Dion. I mean, well, Bo and Dion, the yeah, only two crossover totally, athletes. Like, have we ever had two more Brian famous Jordan. crossover athletes than those two guys? Brian, Brian Jordan also. Because oh, um, Jordan, Jordan was a better baseball player than Dion. Um, oh. Brian Jordan actually was a really good baseball player. After okay. being, a, I believe he was an all-pro safety or cornerback. Safety, I think. Okay. In the so NFL. three. But can, can we think so of there any have other two sports yeah. with, with crossover like that? Like... Um, no, no, not to that, not to that degree. There have been a few baseball and basketball. Danny Ainge played second base for the uh, huh? 
Toronto Blue Jays briefly before he went to basketball. And there have been a few guys who've come over from the NBA uh, and, and played, uh, not in a while, but uh, back in the day there were, there were a few pitchers who came over from there, the NBA and played. In don't the you agree? There seems to be some weird athletic kinship between those two sports, even though they're very different. Yeah, it is strange. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know how that works. Hmm. But I think it's interesting because you know Russell was a good but not great college baseball player, but he's good. But he, you know, he was a good but not great college quarterback. He was not thought to be, and you know, he was not a number one pick by any stretch. I went in a later round, and so I, I, part of me has to wonder if he would have, if he would have focused whatever he has into baseball instead of football, that like he would have surprised people in baseball as much as he surprised people in football. I think he would have. I, I think it's very possible. Yeah, he's he's a very smart athlete, and I think yeah, a lot of people have even compared him to a point guard the way that he plays quarterback, and I, I think it's true. He's kind of distributes the ball he, he feeds the hot hand and you know he can if, if he needs to score he'll score I, I think he's got a lot of the same qualities as far as the way that his, his mind works when he's reading the game it's it's very point guard like I think he would <laughs> he would have done just as well in baseball if he focused it all there he's a yeah, special he's athlete a, a, a special physical athlete and mental athlete and as much as I don't like the guy's kind of public persona which I find grating yeah I'm totally in love with him as a football player totally. I just I love watching him I think he is just fantastic and I can't not root for him because you go like that's a guy who deserves to win he plays like a winner in just every level he's great and I think he would have taken that to baseball but I I do think maybe unless you are I don't know it's a an even rarer person who could pull it off both but like if you have that reservoir of like greatness that sometimes you can only point it in one direction, even if you've got like a tangential greatness in another thing. Let me pose this question to you guys. If you had to choose two sports that you could point mm-hmm. to and say, those two sports produce the greatest all around athletes. What would you choose? I would choose baseball or not. Sorry. Basketball and soccer. I think they're the best all-around athletes and have skills that translate to any other sport. Your thoughts? Well, I think there's actually an example of this, and I, it, it seems counterintuitive, but I, I, I hope I'm not speaking. I'm fairly sure they, they used to have these kind of athlete Olympics-type shows. Oh, and it, it was a big, it was a big thing on network TV. It was kind of like Battle of the Network Stars, but yeah. Athletes. Oh my and, God! Yeah, I was watching old YouTube videos of that yep. not too long ago. And here's, and I remember watching an NFL player talking about those things, and somebody was saying, "You guys are the best, right?" And he said, "No, I got to tell you, the baseball players are just in much better shape than you would think, and they've got the combination of like fleetness and bulk." And that the the best baseball athletes are the guys who are the most we- weirdly well rounded athletes. Hmm. Interesting. I would have thought like either basketball for the like lanky speed intensity right. with the you know or you know football for the the bulk. But according to according to this, this guy said that you know and and apparently the results of these competitions were usually that the baseball players had the the widest set of skills. Yeah, huh. I, I can't see that being true. I just I don't know. I, I don't know. I just don't think there's enough explosive moves in baseball. You don't have to 
jump particularly high. You don't have to run particularly fast. Yeah, except for all those guys who were catching those crazy fly balls, but as they sail over the wall, or the explosiveness of a guy trying to steal second base, or the hand-eye coordination of a triple. Hmm, an, I mean, an unlikely adversary on this one. Hmm. I know, but if you think about it, in, in a weird way, like baseball is an isolated sport, and then you're not playing, I feel like, as much of a team the way like every every everybody on every play in football is doing something. Whereas there's plenty of plays in baseball where no one's doing – some people are doing nothing, mm-hmm. right? That's just the way it is. But every player, aside from the pitcher, has to be able to do a pretty wide range of things. Whereas I think a football yeah. player can weirdly be more specialized than, than a baseball player can. Oh, yeah. I mean, it depends on position, but yeah. So, so like, you know, an offensive, defensive lineman, not to take anything away from them, but they're bruisers for the most part. They're, they're big oh. bodies. Um but yeah, if you take a say, I think a wide receiver and a cornerback, say those yeah, guys, yeah, that's an matched set. Of those skills. guys are tremendous athletes. Amazing. Those, I think. I mean, don't you think it's? I mean, that's we've all kind of agreed that outside of quarterback, which is the mental, strenu- mentally strenuous, that wide receiver and cornerback are kind of the skilled position of skill positions. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Even more so than running back, you can get a guy who's just a good up and down runner. I'm not saying it's not a skill, jeez, but. Like the wide receiver and cornerback have such a broad spectrum of possibilities, mm-hmm. but also this like athletic intensity. Oh, definitely. It's, it's like shortstop and center field in the uh, in baseball. Yes. Yeah. There you go. Exactly. Yeah. But I do think that yeah, those baseball players are just asked to do a lot of, I don't know, kind of like a quarter. The quarterback is asked to do a lot of things, but that's the one guy on the team. Every baseball player is asked to do almost as many things as a quarterback is in a way. Jeff. You have any thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, uh, I'm going to go with bowling and golf. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah, no, I, I mean, I would, I would have probably guessed basketball um, for out of the out of the big sports. Um, I also, I think, I'm completely blown away by what hockey players can do because mm. um, they yeah, have all that same stuff put on skates. Um, volleyball, which has a lot of the same skills as basketball. Um, I'll tell you, one of the things I was watching in uh, in the Olympics that was just completely nuts to me. I mean, it was so much fun, but was the uh, the water polo? Oh my! Oh, that's a great God, that's what a those guys sport. What those people can do, I'm like, you know, I, it, just to even be treading water that long, let alone, you know, passing the ball around, smacking the crap out of each other, and and putting really nasty shots on goal. I mean, it was like, whoa! So. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, overall, yeah, I'd, I'd still probably think those basketball players are in such good shape. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, intuit- it's basketball just, players. Intuitively, it feels like basketball to me. It is, most definitely. Case closed. What else do you guys have <laughs> for all ball? Uh, okay, I'll go on this one. I'll go, uh, so uh, do we do the San- I'll do the Sanchez. So I showed you guys that video. of uh, So Mark Sanchez, <laughs> quarterback for the Denver Broncos, well, one of the quarterbacks for the Denver Broncos, has been having some fun hanging out in Southern California and playing some tunes on his acoustic guitar and pretending to be a nobody on the street, which is funny because um, he's not he's acting. Third-string quarterback <laughs> of the Denver Broncos who's about to be off the team. You, is this just nobody practice that he's doing? Is that why he's doing this? Because if he, wants to, if he wants to be a nobody, playing guitar in California for Nichols is a pretty darn good way to start. Uh, yeah, I heard the report Trevor Simeon is going to start the third 
preseason game, which is traditionally a big predictor of who's the starting quarterback, Trevor Simeon is a guy that no one had really heard of until he got the chance to play on a team with Mark Sanchez. <laughs> so Mark Chan Sanchez's musical debut on the street. All ball or flake and fell. <laughs> it's a very leading question, by the way. <laughs> oh, you want to take it, Jeff? Uh, yeah, I'm going flagrant foul there. Um, uh, it was a, it was pretty rough. Um, you know, he starts out doing the stand by me, and he's playing it in one key and singing it in another. That was kind of problematic. <laughs> um, and then That's the other one was, the field. <laughs> and then <laughs> and then the other one was uh, somebody requested. Beetle, the Beatles from him, and he couldn't play any Beatles, and yet he had no problem breaking out Counting Crows. So I'm, I'm like worried about his priorities there. They're the Counting, they're the Beatles of our generation. Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. And by that I mean, by that I mean highly overrated. <laughs> what Jeff just did with with that Beatles thing was essentially intercept Mark Sanchez's music. He got an interception <laughs> on Mark Sanchez. That was a pick six. <laughs> That was a pick six. <laughs> You're losing to Trevor Simeon. I don't even know. Team. Where did he come from? Who is he? He was like a third round pick from a small school at an ACL injury or something like that. Like he, he was a guy that nobody believed in. And Kubiak was just like, yeah, <laughs> let's give it a whirl. I mean, everybody thought Simeon was going to be like, maybe like a backup who could develop into something, but uh, he's turning into their best option. Hey, Sanchez, it's unbelievable. I'll give him this. I don't know if you guys saw him at the Kentucky Derby. Uh, he was styling at the Kentucky Derby wearing a fur, but he had a cane, which I thought was stupid until I saw a picture of him drinking from the cane and realized it was actually a really long <laughs> flask. Nice. <laughs> that was pretty great. Wow. It, was, it didn't make up for the butt fumble, but it was something. But seeing him play that stupid acoustic guitar on the street for those stupid hippies while he's losing the hell out of a quarterback battle on a team that could win the Super Bowl if he just would be okay. It's embarrassing. <laughs> I'm going to keep answering my question. I really. <laughs> well, I'm going to go flagrant foul uh, <laughs> because he... I've stacked the deck on this one significantly. Yeah. I mean, I think that the answer is obvious. It's just... The, it's just a matter of why it's a flagrant foul. It's not whether, it's why. Uh, here's, yes. why here's why I think it's a flagrant foul. It's because he teamed up with uh, DraftKings to make this video. Ooh. And, uh, you guys are finding really interesting angles in this. I'm very satisfied by this one. I well, feel like I, you hit I like the mark this. on this one, for sure. But, uh, I mean, for I understand. Uh, pretty much every company has to be a media company nowadays to an extent, but... Uh, for this to be the first non-traditional uh, fantasy video that I'm seeing from DraftKings is really disappointing. I mean, that's like coming out of the gate with the worst episode of the, of a pilot that you could possibly film. Uh, so, I mean, Sanchez, it's not particularly entertaining. You can tell from the video that it's highly edited. That he was probably he was probably oh, yeah. searching on his phone for the songs to remind him what it sounds like, and he kind of gets the gist of it. So I don't I don't know I don't, I don't know what's happening here. I mean I guess they're hoping that he's the starting quarterback for the Broncos, and then maybe this video has a little bit more cachet and it's more fun to see the starting quarterback be a goofball on the streets. But 
it, when he's on a fast track to being a loser, it doesn't look so good. Yeah, he's in Mark Sanchez. I figured out the song you should learn. Fucking taps. <laughs> 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 yeah, oh, it says flagrant foul all around. All right, Torch. Jeff, you got one? Yeah, so uh, going back over to the Olympics, we had uh, American swimmer Ryan Lochte, who uh, claimed to be, uh, everybody knows the story, I'm sure, but he claimed to be uh, robbed at gunpoint in Rio and then was found that uh, he was actually just afraid to tell his mom what really happened, and a, an international incident ensued. Anyway, the uh, upshot of all that was that four major sponsors uh, – who had been sponsoring Ryan Lochte have now walked away from him. So the question isn't so much about the events that led up to that, but the decision of those sponsors to uh, cut ties with Lochte. Is that all ball or a flagrant foul? And we'll start with Brian. All right. Yeah. You know, um, I, it's funny. I think this Lochte thing overall is very overblown. Um, I, I understand why it's an incident, but if you think about it, what happened to Ryan Lochte? He committed a pretty standard drunk college douchebag event, which was he, he pulled a piece of metal off a bathroom wall and he peed outside. Not good. Not good. And the guy pulled a gun on him. That's pretty extreme. And if that happened in America, we would say the guy with the gun was committing a crime, much more so than the other guy. But he did lie. And it wasn't good. And these sponsors have no choice here. It's, I, I never blame any sponsor for dropping anyone at any time because I don't, even if you're taking a brave and reasonable response, uh, you know, platform or, or response, when you're trying to make money, you don't want to alienate anyone ever. That's just how it works, and I get that. So while I don't think Ryan Lochte is deserved of our national scorn, even though he's sort of a pixie-haired douchebag that looks like Draco Malfoy's homophobic brother, uh, I don't. I don't give a shit about his little Rio run-in. And I, I think if a guy pointed a gun at your head who walked out of a gas station after you peed outside, which, by the way, peeing outside of a gas station, that's the American way, mofos. That's what we do. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Rio. By the way, Rio, who pumps raw sewage into like their public waterways and home swimming pools, is going to be mad at us for peeing in a median strip? Suck it, Rio. Uh, so I'm, I'm mostly on Lochte's side, but I cannot fault his advertisers because you don't want bad publicity. That's the nature of it. That's how publicity works. Yeah, it's all ball, unfortunately. I'm in total agreement with, uh, with everything that Brian said. Uh, oh, thank you. I'm so good at this. <laughs> <laughs> Esquire tweeted something out about Lochte. There's something like uh, Speedo has decided to stop supporting one speedo usually supports dicks but everyone has a line and that line is ryan lochte <laughs> yeah and uh yeah and that just goes along with everything brian just said it's all ball drop him he sucks <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm uh, i'm in agreement on that all, all ball there um like brian was saying it's it, it, this is all about image um you know whatever whatever else went on, and I'm I'm probably a little more down on Lochte's actions than than you are, Brian. But uh, but I think uh, in light of what what did happen, you've, absolutely, there's no way you can really there's their hands are tied. I mean that is it's all about image, and uh, if he's making them look bad, then that's a drain on their bottom line. So yeah, all ball. An endorsement deal is such a tenuous thing because. Like, not that many people 
are going to buy a thing because a guy or a lady says you should buy it. But there are some people who might, and that's why they do it, right? But, like, it's so much easier to foment I won't do that with. Like, I feel like the negative association is much easier than, like, the positive association. Unless it's just like, you know, when you were Michael Jordan, yeah, of course. If you said, you know, buy ballpark Franks, then everyone's going to ballpark Franks or whatever. But unless you're Michael Jordan, unless you're LeBron, you know, you're locked, you're friggin swimmer are you serious like you're like the, you're like on the fringiest edge of the radar of endorsement deals you should be super happy that you're getting endorsement from anything other than fucking water wings so maybe don't tear apart <laughs> anything while you're in a foreign country what the hell are water wings those are those little floaties you put on when you're not comfortable being in the pool you put them on little kids mostly and sometimes you i got a feeling you can't swim no no i can swim like great the, I'm, a, no, I'm, a, I'm a big swimmer yeah, yeah. it's like the Synchronized swimmers, the Harry Shearer and uh, Martin Short, right? Yes. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I grew up on a lake. So I'm in Minnesota lake country, you know, so we do a lot of swimming up here. Well, all right. I just didn't know maybe. Listen to swimming, listen to the hip hop. Man, you don't know me. You're right, I don't. I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. I shouldn't presume to know you. You forgot about Dre, and that was a huge mistake. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you've done like eight callbacks. There's just no way I can edit it out now. <laughs> 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 I'm standing by that K's importance phonetically. <laughs> I'm tripling down. Yeah, I know. Oh, well, you commit, that's for sure. <laughs> that's what it says in my bio. At least he commits. At least he commits. <laughs> Say one thing about Brian. The Brian Miller experience. He commits. <laughs> All right, well, we got to wrap it up. It's late here on the East Coast, fellas. I got to get up and uh, do my thing. And make sure yeah. I, I remember all about Dre tomorrow and get reacquainted <laughs> because I don't want to let you down next week, Brian. Good luck on all your uh, your gigs at Acme. This Thank week. you very much. It's gonna be great. Yeah, like I said, Acme Comedy Company. Uh, the next uh, through this this week, all week, I got shows Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Cameron Esposito is talking on Wednesday, so if you're a big Cameron Esposito fan, you can ignore me. Go see her. But otherwise, you should come see me. There you go. Go see him. That's my endorsement. And Jeff? At Real Brian Miller on Twitter, too, by the way. There he All is. Right. With a Y. Brian well, with a Y. Brian with a Y. Brian. Thank you. Thank you, sir. What do you got, Jeff? Uh, doing the thing at crookedscoreboard.com, all the, all the baseball you want. And I'm at underscore Jeff Young on Twitter. Awesome. And check out my other podcast, Quick Snaps, the podcast, of uh, which Brian is a writer as well. And that's about it. Look for me doing my fantasy drafts. On Saturday, you won't, you know, maybe. So I want a full report on that. We got to talk. Let's talk. Yeah, we're shifting into football time. So maybe next week we need to talk because I don't do fantasy, but I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to, as my wife would say, backseat quarterback your fantasy team. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. I'll give you my, oh. give you my lineup. We can uh, recap uh, the drafts a little bit and you can, uh, you can give me your thoughts. I've never that. done fantasy before, but I feel like I could totally pretend to know what I'm doing and poo poo everyone's decisions. All right. Well, give me a hot tip. <laughs> give me a hot tip going into the weekend here on your Minnesota Vikings. Give me two. Yeah, I actually, got some Vikings talk. Give me oh, two. Uh, give me two quick ones. The Charles Johnson is going to be a really good receiver. That's what they said last year. No, he's going to be. He's 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 really looking good. Yeah. Um. I, yeah, I'm feeling good about Johnson. I think Diggs is still under the radar, no matter even though he played so well last year. Like I feel like if you weren't in Minnesota, you weren't paying attention to how good Stephon Diggs was, and if and if if the offensive line gets better like they should. Teddy's going to have more time, and he will be throwing to Diggs because those guys love to work together. 
So uh, I would say that, and you cannot sleep on the Vikings' D. I think they will be top-five defense this year, minimum. That was my next question. They're for real. Do I, do I uh, draft them? For real there. Do I draft them? Yes. I think if you, I mean, you know, Seattle, I think they're going to have an incredible defense this year because they haven't changed up a lot of personnel, but they're a lot healthier than they were. And Seattle's – and Pete Carroll is amazing, but Mike Zimmer is an amazing defensive coach. And they've got a lot of talent, and they've only gotten better. And their O-line uh, was also hurt last year, so they had a terrible O-line that they worked on. So I think both lines are going to be great. I think Minnesota is going to be as good as any team, if not better, at both lines. Uh, the question is what Teddy can do and what their receivers can get over. All right. Well, I'm targeting the Broncos and the Seahawks, but if I don't get them... I think take the Broncos running game. I think the Broncos are going to have a scorching running game, even though their quarterback's going to suck because uh, I think I think that that's the way Kubiak wants to play it. And I do think the rest of their team, you know, their defense, their line, they've got a lot of stuff, great stuff going on. So I think, um, yeah, take some running backs in the Broncos. All right. There you have it. There's your Minnesota tip fantasy-wise. Thank you, Brian. Appreciate it. And Jeff, keep me in mind that I've never played fantasy football once in my life. So <laughs> yeah, but you, you, you watch pretty much every Vikings game, so who better to oh, ask? Absolutely. Oh, I know the Vikings. You know the Vikings. So that's why I ask. All right. Well, enjoy your week, everybody, and we'll talk to you again next week. Don't forget about Dre. Perfect last word. <laughs>